You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. When you're a person of gratitude, hey, the Lord is going to dish out even more of His great grace towards you. So move some stuff aside of your, from your plate that you already got because there's more coming. When you have an attitude of gratitude, it is a wholeness, a peace, a confidence, an assurance. No worry, no more worry, no more anxiety. Out of the 10 lepers that Jesus cured, only one came back to thank Jesus. This man teaches us to embrace Christ with gratitude. Instead of asking for more or complaining that the blessing didn't come fast enough, choose appreciation. Today, Pastor Dion shares how gratitude can change your life. When you thank the Lord for all that He's given you, you'll experience peace, confidence, and assurance. Choose today to stop complaining and instead celebrate all that the Lord has given you. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke, chapter 17, with today's edition of The Simple Truth. The priest would give a leper a torn black garment It wasn't a fashion style, but a burial wrap. And then the priest would read the Jewish burial service over the person and escort them outside of the walls of the city. The leper would be banished from the Jewish community forever. Cut off from family and friends and church. Isolated permanently. Abandoned and forsaken. Maybe you can identify, not with leprosy, but the results. A life that's falling apart. Maybe your leprosy is divorce, or chronic illness, or unemployment, bankruptcy, addiction, or depression. Family and friends, society have abandoned you, dismissed you, or are avoiding you. Listen, when your dreams are defiled and your health is gone and your hopes are crushed, what's left? The Lord is. And Jesus isn't far. David explained it like this. He explained it best. Psalm 139, verse 7. I can never get away from my God. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the place of the dead, you are there. If I ride the morning winds to the farthest ocean, even there your hand will find me. Whether you're in the wilderness, the ICU, a rehab clinic, a crisis center, or the county jail, Jesus circles back to be within range of your Christ. Paul, in one of his sermons, said this about the Lord. Acts 17.27 He said, Men grope in the darkness and find Him because He is not far from any one of us. And the Old Testament prophet Zephaniah said this, chapter 3, verse 17. Would you read this one with me? The Lord your God is in your midst. The Mighty One will save. 
He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I like it. Before the ten lepers knew that Jesus was available, they were groping in the darkness. They sulked in self-pity. were drowning in depression. But then God showed up. He circled back. God showed up. A light broke into their darkness. The lepers were drawn out of the shadows and they called on the name of the Lord. Have mercy on us. That's what they said. Let's read the passage. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when He saw them, He said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Listen, if you stay in the shadows, isolated and insulated, in your hurt, in your difficulty, in your pain, in your pity parties, or your depression, if you stay in the shadows, you might miss your window. We have to do what one New Testament pastor told his congregation to do. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Stop complaining and start calling. In Psalm 145 verse 18, read it with me. He is close to all who call on Him sincerely. Let's say that again. He is close to all who call on Him sincerely. He fulfills the desires of those who reverence and trust Him. He hears their cries for help and He rescues them. Now these guys, Jesus circles back. I mean, some people thought Jesus was running from something, but He was running towards something. And, and He found these ten lepers, or these ten lepers, they realize He's there and they're drawn out of the shadows. They start calling on the name of the Lord. Jesus didn't lay hands on them or even pray over the lepers. Instead, Jesus gave them an order. Go show yourself to the priest. You see, only the priest in Jerusalem could confirm their healing. So what Jesus was implying by telling them, go show yourself to the priest, He was implying healing and restoration. It was a promise. You see, in the Old Testament, God called Abraham father of a multitude when he and Elizabeth were still barren. In the same way Jesus was calling the lepers healed before there was any shred of evidence. Go show yourself to the priest. Jesus spoke words that promised healing to those guys. And guys, I tell you, when He makes a promise, it doesn't matter how long or how deteriorated things are, God's Word will never return void. Here's the verse, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. So shall my Word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's Word is alive and powerful. And when it's spoken to you, it's a promise. Can you say amen? 
And that's what Jesus Go show yourself to the priest. In that statement was the promise of health and restoration. What Jesus was telling those guys was to hang on to his word. Trust in his word and act in obedience. He's saying, get going. Act in obedience. Listen, there are times when the Lord's healing is instant and immediate. But there are other times we have to exercise some faith. Faith is believing before any evidence is visible. Acting in faith is acting on God's word, whether we see it, feel it, or like it. I'm going to say it again because I don't want it to go over your head. Acting in faith is acting on God's word, whether we see it, feel it, or like it. There will be times when God's word is all you have to hang on to. During those times, the Apostle Paul encouraged us to do this. 2 Corinthians 5.7 Walk by faith and not by sight. When we do, God's promises become reality. Sometimes all you have to hang on to is God's word. The symptoms are still there. The diagnosis is still hanging over you. The broken marriage is still, still in pieces. But you've got to hang on to God's word. Sometimes that's all you have to hang on to. And when you do, when you walk by faith and not by sight, God will turn that promise into a reality. As they went, they were cleansed. Now, I don't know exactly at what point. Because that's a long walk to the to, to Jerusalem temple. I don't know at what point it finally all happened. But as they went, they were healed. When these ten men got to the temple in Jerusalem, they showed themselves to the priest and offered the Old Testament sacrifice for cleansing. The Old Testament book of Leviticus chapter 14 details a ceremony for a leper who has been cleansed. And it's a picture of new life. The ceremony in Leviticus chapter 14 calls for the blood of a turtle dove to be applied to the former leper. Turtle doves were the sacrifice that God prescribed for newborn babies. In fact, the ceremony is identical to a dedication ceremony for a newborn baby. Isn't that weird? See, the ceremony for a former leper was symbolic of new birth. He was born again and returned to, into the arms of his family and community because it was a picture of being born again. After that beautiful reunion there at the temple, in their arms of their family once again, while others were hosting receptions. You know, the other nine were hosting receptions You know, after their cleansing. One of the lepers returned to give Jesus thanks. Let's read it, verse 15. 
And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. So, you know, all these, these ten guys show up at the temple in Jerusalem. I bet that was surprising to the priests. You know, one on occasion coming in, but now all ten. And he's, you know, he's going to ask, what, how did you guys, how, how did this happen? Jesus. Ah, what a testimony, right? So they go through this wonderful ceremony of being born again and reunited into the arms of their family. Some of them, nine of them, started hosting receptions. One of them returned to give thanks. You know, for most people, math was their least favorite subject in school. Multiplication, fractions, algebra, geometry, calculus, trigonometry. Many of us hated anything involving numbers and formulas. You know what I mean? But as Christians, Jesus expects us to be great at math. Specifically this. From the passage, we can see that Jesus expects us to have an attitude of gratitude or a thankful heart. Jesus is kind of like that grandma. She's giving directions to her grown grandson who's coming to visit. She says, you come to the front door of the apartment complex. I'm in the apartment 14T. There's a big panel at the door, with, and with your, so with your elbow, push the button. 14T. I will buzz you in, come inside, the elevator's on the right, get in, and with your elbow, hit 14. When you get out, I'm on the left. When you, right on the left, and with your elbow, go ahead and hit my doorbell. Okay, Grandma, said the grandson. It sounds easy enough, but why am I hitting all the buttons with my elbow? She said, because your hands are going to be full, of course. You're not coming empty-handed, are you? Don't visit the Lord empty-handed. Don't be an ingrate. The word ingrate is an ugly word. We don't like to talk about it. That and weight. I'm, you know, I just I have something else to do when they're going to talk about weight. <sighs> you know, I got to go watch C-SPAN. I, I, you know, I got to go arrange my stereo wires. I, I got to do something else. And ingrate. When the word ingrate comes up, I mean, here's what we visualize. We visualize spoiled brats with a sense of entitlement. You know, you know which ones I'm talking about. You know, some from the millennial generation. You know, it's that group that wears winter hats in the summer. You know, you know which ones I'm talking about. Those ones that order complicated coffee drinks. That group with a sense of entitlement. They never say thank you because they think everything is owed to them. 
You know, Jesus should have healed me. I'm a Jew, after all, I'm a Jew, I'm Jewish. That's his job to heal me, duh. He's supposed to help me. Healing is my right. Oh, such ingrate. Or there are those who covet and complain all the things that they didn't get or missed out on before they got healed. You know, like, you know, could have been some of those guys where, you know, well, that guy got his wife back. My wife remarried, man. What's up with that? That guy, his company, you know, gave him his job back, and I'm going to be unemployed. I know I got my health, but, but, but I've been wanting that new car. I know that my health is, that I've got this, and my, my family's blessed, but, 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 but what about this? I didn't get this. Now, I'm sure there might have been one or two of those kind of guys among the nine who didn't return. But I'm pretty sure there were those who, after the cleansing ceremony, just got distracted, got busy, moved on. Or they felt grateful, but just didn't go and express it. Know anybody like that? They may have defended themselves. Well, Jesus knows our heart, and he does. But they are still on the ingrate list. So in this message, Jesus is saying, don't be stingy with the gratitude. Don't be stingy with the gratitude. King David encouraged us like this in Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. So shout it out. Sing it out. Jump up and down. Let him know. Fall at his feet. But worship and praise. And the Apostle Paul urged us New Testament Christians like this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Read it with me. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. And here it is. Be thankful. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I'm preaching to the choir here, guys, because you guys are fabulous about worshiping, praising the Lord, and showing gratitude. You guys are the bomb. Keep it up. Because being stingy with our thanks and our gratitude is not becoming for us. And then here's the next thing. There's an added blessing on the one with the attitude of gratitude. You saw Jesus say, he said, well, hey, listen, where, where are there not nine? Where are the other nine? Where are the other guys? But he said, nevertheless, you, go your way. He said, you are well. He promised him what? Wholeness. Wellness. The Hebrew word for that surpasses physical health. It's spiritual security, salvation, peace, confidence, security. When you're a person of gratitude, 
hey, the Lord is going to dish out even more of his great grace towards you. So move some stuff aside of your, from your plate that you already got because there's more coming. When you have an attitude of gratitude, it is a wholeness, a peace, a confidence, an assurance. No worry, no more worry, no more anxiety. It is an extra benefit and blessing. You guys want it? All right, well listen. That's the awesome thing about church and praise and worship. Every week we have the opportunity to come in with thanksgiving, with praise. Now we're all coming to get something. I do my best to prepare a meal that is palatable for you. It not only tastes good, but that it gives you the nourishment spiritually that you need to conduct your life every day. And we are all coming to get some of that, to learn some more, to grow some more. But let's not forget that that's not the only thing the church is about. It's also about bringing in our thanksgiving and our praise. Mixing our voices in the symphony of praises of the people around us. Saying, to you belongs all the glory and the honor and the praise, Lord. Look what you've done. Thank you for that promotion. Thank you for those blessings. Thank you for my spouse. I take advantage of them way too often. I've been such an ingrate about that. And I want to say thank you. Because oftentimes people complain about their spouse instead of celebrating their spouse. See, they complain about the differences, not realizing that God actually puts you together with a person that is your perfect match. And all of those differences are there for a reason, to help you become better about life. Can I give you just one little personal story? You see, I tell couples all the time, God orchestrates everything about, when a couple comes together, God orchestrates everything about their background, their culture, their personality, every, their experiences. And he does that, I mean, he orchestrates all of that because he's bringing them together and he's going to make this beautiful tapestry of unity. Isn't that awesome, guys? It wasn't random because I'll ask people, where'd you meet? And they say, oh, well, I'm, we met at a dance. We met at a bar. We, we, met in, we met just at school. We met, and it sounds totally random, but God in his sovereignty, has arranged and designed everything so perfectly to fit. And there's, you know, when you're first getting married, you don't even notice the differences. All you notice is we're so alike. We like everything the same. We do everything the same. It's so awesome. Until you get married. And then you realize all the differences that there are. Oh, my God. The differences are there for a reason. Our time with you is coming to an end today on The Simple Truth. We're so glad that you joined us for Pastor Dion's teaching in the Gospel of Luke. There's much more to learn from this narrative of Jesus' life, so we hope you'll tune in again. 
If you're listening in the Española area right now, we'd like to extend an invitation for you to join us for our weekly services at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Come by at 9 or 11 a.m. to spend time with us in worship, Bible study, and fellowship with one another. We also meet on Wednesday evenings for a Bible study beginning at 7. You'll find directions and more information about Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel when you visit tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, you can still join us virtually through Facebook Live. Just follow the link to our Facebook page at tmcalvary.com and tune in this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. While you're at our website, you'll also be able to access our archive of previous teachings on various books of the Bible by Pastor Dion. Just click on Sermons at the top of the page to open our audio archive or visit our YouTube page to experience the service through video. Feel free to share these links with anyone in your life that you think would benefit from hearing the simple truth of God's Word. We're so glad that you joined us today on The Simple Truth. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Luke and discover more about Jesus and what his life and ministry means to you. Then join us next time for Pastor Dion's continuing verse-by-verse study right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.